Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I am so honored to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Donna Young, and her winning book is titled Steps to the Cross. A stage four cancer survivor, Donna started to write when, during treatments, she could do nothing else. After decades in management positions for large companies, she suddenly had nothing to manage and asked God to guide her to a new purpose. A beneficiary of many miracles, she now knows her purpose is to write for his glory and she joyfully shares the gospel of grace with anyone who will listen. A licensed pastor, Donna speaks at churches, women's groups, and other Christian events. This is Donna's second Firebird Book Award win, the first for her book titled Redemption, and I'm so happy to have another opportunity to share her with you. So welcome back, Donna. Oh, thanks, Pat. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back. And once again, congratulations on the book win. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I am so grateful for you folks and what you do and and for the opportunity to have a win, to get my name out there and get my books out there to give God glory. Well, thank you. Thank you. There's so many wonderful authors and writers and people that just write from the heart. They have such personal messages often to share with people. And I just want to be able to be a resource for that so that, you know, people aren't afraid to enter a book award contest. Obviously, we have judges that read them all and judge them all and everything is done to the highest of standards. But I, I just wanted to open up another venue that not only helped authors, but then help those in the homeless shelters as well. So thank you for joining us and for, for submitting your book to help with that cause as well. Well, you are most welcome. And again, we are very grateful for you and what you do. So keep it up. Keep all the good work up. I, I see the homeless shelters that you help and the people that you help. And that is such a wonderful, wonderful calling that you have. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, you are welcome. It is just my pleasure. All right, my friend. Well, why don't you give us a peek into your book so our listeners have an idea as to what Steps to the Cross is all about. Sure. Um, well, first of all, let me start with um, the the reason that I decided to write this book was because I started using Ancestry.com. And though I knew that I had Jewish heritage, I didn't know how extensive it was until I found out going through Ancestry that we had 11 family members that were killed in Treblinka too, which was a Polish um, killing camp um, that the Nazis ran. That made the whole thing very personal to me. I had always been very interested in World War II and had read many books and that sort of thing, but it just became so much more poignant, so much more personal when I found out that information. And I started doing a lot of studying and um, and just found out so many things I hadn't known before. When I sat down to write this book, I thought, I, I want folks to know some of the things that the Jewish people have been through. I think the world has made them the fall guy so often that I thought this would be a way to perhaps open people's eyes. The book uh, is based on the life of uh, what starts out as a little five-year-old girl, Bacha, and it goes through the pogroms um, where 
the Cossacks, the Russian Cossacks came down and, and wiped out whole villages and, and homesteads and everything of Jewish families. Um, and then it goes through World War One, the Russian Revolution, World War II, uh, the birth of the nation of Israel. Um, it tells of this family coming to America and so on, and is just very detailed. I wrote it as historical fiction, uh, but was very pleased to win the Christian Fiction Award for it. So fascinating that you did not know this about your ancestry. Did anyone in your family know this, or you, you were the one that discovered this? Um, I think my grandmother probably knew. She had emigrated from Poland mm -hmm. when she was a little girl uh, and knew that there were relatives back there who had been left behind. So I'm sure she probably knew. But she died when she was 104 years old without ever having talked to any of us about it. It made me wish that I had dug a little deeper with her on on things of the past and, and things about relatives that I knew nothing about. Um, I think everybody ought to do that. Pick the minds of the elderly in your family before they aren't around anymore, you know. This was a, a journey into the past that I had not expected, but I'm sure she knew something about. Mm -hmm. And and that is such wise advice, Donna. I, I know from my own family, you know, as kids growing up and your parents start talking about their parents and how they came from other countries and you're just sitting at the dinner table wishing you could be outside with your friends not paying yeah. attention. And, Escape to play. <laughs> exactly. And then even as you get older, you know, then you're all busy with your own lives and then it reaches the point where, yeah, like my mom has passed away and I've got pictures and I'm thinking, who was that in that picture? And, you know, what a sadness that you, you don't pay attention when you're young and ask questions and dig deep. And I guess maybe in the past we didn't have resources such as Ancestry.com, but now everybody should be doing some of that with their older family members so that they could put these parts and pieces together, know who they are and where they come from. I absolutely agree. Um, now, my uh, my stepdad has passed away a number of years back, and um, and I didn't find out until shortly before he passed away some of the horrible things that he went through in Vietnam and some of the horrible things he did while he was in Vietnam, things that he had lived with for a long time and and felt very guilty about. And um, in my book, Monsters. Um, there are bits of historical fiction in there, and it goes back and forth between a, a family here in the United States and Vietnam during the time of the Vietnam War. Uh, I, and those were things that I, I had been around him since I was a little girl and didn't know any of these things. So I am a firm believer that, as I said before, pick the minds of the, of the, family members, especially the older family members in your life, and find out what you need to find out. I am so grateful that all of my family members who've passed on have come to know the Lord. And in part, he came to know the Lord because he was finally honest with me and I was able to talk to him about Jesus. And then he didn't have this guilt weighing him down before he left this earth. So this book was really important for you to write, probably just to get this information out so that others others were aware of what happened, right? Yes, absolutely. 
the the things that went on in the death camps and and the things revolving around the Nazi regime and World War II are mind-boggling. And as I was researching, and and in part researching specifically for Treblinka II, some of the things that I discovered were just shocking and really opened my eyes. Um, the book that I'm working on right now, River of Tears, um, comes from another side of my family that I've traced back, uh, which has a lot of Cherokee and Choctaw Indian. And so this will be another semi-historical uh, fiction novel, but a lot of research is going into it because you want to make sure that the facts are correct and that they don't portray one side as more favorable than another. You just want to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. And as with all of my books, every one of my stories is an effort to lead people to Christ. Right. So there's always that underlying theme. I want to talk about that in a minute. Let's just go back for a second about research and the importance of research and always that option when you're researching that you could get waylaid and go down all kinds of different rabbit holes and kind of lose your lose your focus. I, I know that happens with me. And it does with everybody, I'm sure. Uh, I know that during that period of time, you know that over the summer I had COVID and was in a coma for 15 days on a ventilator. Well, when I came out of that experience, um, which they didn't believe I was going to live through, I couldn't use my hands or my feet, my arms or legs for several months uh, until I had gone through quite a bit of extensive physical therapy, so I couldn't sit here at my computer where I am right now and type. And so all I did was read, read and read and read, doing research for this new book and talk about rabbit holes. Oh, yes, (laughs) many, many rabbit holes. (laughs) You could become a perpetual researcher and never get anything on paper. Absolutely, and I know other writers (laughs) who have said to me, do you ever get... Uh, writer's block. And I said, well, the first time I ever got writer's block was because my hands wouldn't work and I couldn't type. Uh, so no, I've never actually gotten writer's block, but I have talked to other people who write historical fiction who have told me that it takes them 10 years to write a book, <laughs> nine and a half years to do the research and six months to write the book. I love that. I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets lost. <laughs> well, that the the joys and the curses of social media and internet, right? You know, I was just thinking about that earlier today, and thinking how I was thinking about back in the day with turntables and and record players, and and I and I was remembering how I was learning so much about that, and I couldn't remember how I learned about that. This was before the internet. How? Where did you find this information? Obviously, you had to go to the library, perhaps. But, boy, we must have been pretty dumb then because it was hard to find all of the many resources and the sources that we have today. And and thank God for the resources we have today because I do believe that that 10 years to research a book was probably very possible back in the days when we didn't have the internet. I also think, though, I I double and triple check things because you can find misinformation on the internet as well. 
So I always make sure that I'm getting my information from at least three different sources before I write it in a book and call it historical fiction. So that's a great tip for those, especially who are writing anything that have any historical underpinnings to it, um, to make sure that what you are reading is in fact true. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's important. Oh, sure. Sure. Now, I know you put a bit of yourself into each of your books. How did you find your way into Steps to the Cross? Well, in Steps to the Cross, it was more, it wasn't so much me individually as family members. Knowing that I had 11 family members who died in Treblinka too, I, I wanted to kind of show the world some of what they had gone through the the prejudice that exists in so many people's minds toward the Jewish people. Um, I didn't grow up Jewish, but I did grow up with a Jewish grandmother, at least as a small child. And so we went um, to temple for um, for weddings and, and different Hanukkah celebrations. I, I didn't ever really know what a dreidel was other than it spinned around and it had candy in it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but doing all the research that I did, and do you know my grandmother called me her little Ketzala, which is little kitten. Aww. And um, And I never knew what that meant. Oh. And then when I was doing research for this book, I discovered all the um, all the little Jewish and Yiddish words that she and my Auntie Fern had spoken all the years. You know, my Auntie Fern lived two years longer than my Nami, my grandmother. Um, she was 106 when she passed away. Nami was 104. But... That all the little words that I would hear them using in conversations back and forth that I never knew the meaning of. And then when I was 11 years old and we moved away from California, which is where they both lived, for the rest of their lives, I was never in personal contact with them again. Aww. And so I, I kind of lost that part of myself. Mm-hmm. And I think this book was in part, a way to kind of capture some of that again. I was just enthralled with looking up the meanings of all the different words that they had used when I was little and finding out what they meant. And now I quite often call my little um, recently turned three-year-old granddaughter who lives with us um, my little Kitsula. (laughs) I love that. Because I just find that such an endearing term, you know? Oh, it is. And now you know better and you will share with her so that there is no gap as you had. Right. Do you know, with all my grandkids now, I tell them about my childhood, even the shocking parts, Mm -hmm. the parts that a lot of people would think maybe you shouldn't tell your grandkids. Mm -hmm. I tell them because I want them to know what made me who I am. And and why I write now and why I want other people to know the Lord. I went so much of my life without knowing him that I don't ever want people to, to have to go through that if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. And every one of my grandchildren now has asked Jesus to be their Savior. Interesting. So w- what a relief that is. What a weight off of a person's mind knowing 
that your children and your grandchildren all know the Lord, you know? Yes. And you have the added advantage that you, you're a writer, you're an author. So they will always have that. They will always have that part of you and that will always be here for eternity. So that's the, another beautiful part about writing, leaving a legacy. Yeah. And you know, the only legacy I really want to leave behind is Jesus. But to, to know that if somebody picks up one of my books and sees the struggle that another human being has gone through that led them to Christ, you know, that in itself is the most rewarding feeling that a person could have, mm-hmm. knowing that, that you have that relationship and that you get to share it with other people right. and pass that along. So let's let's talk about that. What makes your book or, and your books different from other Christian fiction books? Is there a differentiating factor? Well, quite frequently they're a little shocking. I tell people all the time that because people will say to me, "Oh, I can't believe you put that in there." Um, my books tend to be a little shocking, um, especially in the beginning, describing the life of this young person or this individual that hates God or has been so so manipulated and abused that they can't believe God could ever love them. Uh, perhaps they've done some things that they're ashamed of and they don't think that God could love them after that. Um, I find that when you can relate to people where they are and then allow them through you to see a path to the Lord that that none of us are good enough and he makes us good enough through him. I think so many people think that they have to get good enough first before they can get Jesus. And I believe my books tend to shock people into realizing that we're all human, we're all a mess, and that God can take our mess and turn it into a message. Mm-hmm. And that he He already knew who we were. He knew who we were before we were even born. He knew everything we were ever going to do, every sin we were ever going to commit, every place we were ever going to go or be. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so once people understand that, well, I'm not much different than this person in this book, this character that is being described, and this character has discovered the Lord. I think that tends to lead them in a different direction. I've read a lot of Christian books that I found wonderful, but they were very, um, very nice. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Very, very nice all the way through, and my life wasn't nice. My childhood was not nice. My young adulthood was not nice. People did things to me that are shocking, and I did some pretty stupid things in my life. And I still do some stupid things now mm-hmm. and then. So, so to know that he loves me anyway, to know that no matter what, I'm saved, and, and that his arms are wrapped around me, and that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. So this little element of shock, was that a conscious effort? Before I start writing every day, I sit down at my computer 
and I pray, and I just ask God to give me the words to bring people to him, to grow the kingdom, and to give glory to his name. And I start typing. And I believe that God allowed certain things to happen to me in my life, not just for fodder for books, but to maybe give me a little wisdom in some areas. And when I start writing, to be honest with you, I don't actually ever remember what I'm writing until later when I go back to read it. And then when I go back to read it, I'll think to myself, ooh, should I even leave that in there? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's really shocking. There are some shocking things that have happened to me in my life. Should I even write about that? Mm -hmm. And, And then something in my spirit tells me, no, you need to leave that there. So quite frequently when I'm reading through one of my books, I'll think, oh, I don't even remember writing that. And honestly, that's pretty good. But see, it's okay to say that when you know it was God writing it. Yeah, life is kind of grisly. Um, And I think most people will agree with that, that, that life can be pretty shocking. It can be... It can be gory and grisly and awful sometimes. It isn't always the nice, sweet, flowery. As a matter of fact, I know very few people who have had nice, sweet, flowery lives for their entire life without doing something stupid or having something horrible done to them. Absolutely. And I think that's why your books are very relatable. I believe so. When people read my books, they always tell me, that they need a box of Kleenex <laughs> and wish that the next one was done already. <laughs> they they tend to be page turners. Yes. And um and keep you on the edge of your seat I love throughout. That. I love that. I want to talk about some of your upcoming books, but before we leave this steps to the cross, let's talk about the cover. That's a very interesting cover. The the little path that leads you. Let's let's talk about how that right, came about. Right. Um and um and the gal who does my covers and layouts, Christina Hicks, who's at Christina Hicks Creative at Gmail dot com. I always plug for her. Um I, I, I hope she never gets so busy that she can't do my stuff. <laughs> but I always want to send business her way. So once again, Christina Hicks Creative at Gmail dot com. Um she I tell her just over the phone. I don't ever draw pictures or anything. I just tell her over the phone. Um, this is kind of what's on my mind. And she always comes back with something just exactly what I wanted. I told her, um, I want this path that leads to Christ um, to be littered with the things that this five generations of family has had to go through, through um, through the pogroms, through World War One, the Russian Revolution, World War Two, the the fight to gain a nation, and so on. And she came up with all that the little stuff on the path. Mm-hmm. And she's just very creative. Does she read and your book first? No. Okay. No, uh, she reads them after. But no, at first, I I finish writing a book. I send her an email and say, I'm ready for pictures, gal. And she emails me back and says, give me your ideas. And I call her on the phone and I say, this is what I'm thinking. And and the grass burning on the right-hand side, you know, uh, the a sign of 
of the destruction of their homestead uh, during the pilgrims and so on. That all came from her creative mind. So she she just she does all of my book covers and I think she does an amazing job. Very much so. Very subtle too. You've got to really look at the cover to to pull all the ideas from it, which I like. Yes. Well, um, there are other ones where the covers are not quite so subtle. They're very stark. Yes. But but exactly what I had in mind, you know. Speaking of that, you have a book called uh, God. Yes. Yes. With all of the question marks, I'm like all of these question marks all over. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> oh, I got some hate mail for that book. Um, oh. I got some hate mail and some hate uh, emails and so on um, because on my website DonnaMYoungWriting.com, um, I have all my my uh, contact information. I even got a couple of kind of scary phone calls on oh, that one. Oh no. What What the book does is. You know, my husband is a pastor, and I'm a licensed minister, and over the years, questions that people have given us, and sometimes people don't want to hear answers from the Bible. They kind of put you uh, on the spot, um, you know, by saying, you know, well, how does God feel about, let's say, abortion or homosexuality or whatever the question might be? Well, in this book... I give answers directly from the Bible um, in a very loving way, but answers from the Bible. And I let people know that if you don't like the answers, then that's really between you and God. Mm-hmm. I wrote them down, but, you know, that's they're, they're not my answers, though I absolutely believe that the Word of God is 100% truth. And I try to live my life by the Word of God but in a very loving way. So there were people who did not like some of my answers, but those answers are directly from the Bible, so they need to check with someone else. <laughs> yeah. So they weren't just prejudging the cover only. They actually read the book and didn't like the content. They did not like the content. Well, no, they didn't like the questions. Okay. Because okay. when I uh, went further and asked them, well, what part of my answer did you not like? They couldn't come up with an answer. Okay. These were mostly people who had not read the Bible, but read the questions in my book, okay. such as, say, uh, how does God feel about abortion? And they were, how dare you judge people for, you know, I have friends and even family members who have gotten abortions. Do I agree with that? No. Does God agree with that? No. But is God a loving God, and does he forgive us if we ask for forgiveness? Of course he does. Interesting. You know, yep. um, when, you're, when you're posing a question, a question to God, he's already given us all the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, is his answers for our lives. And we do need to read it. We need to understand that that God loves us and the reason he gives us instruction is because he doesn't want us to have miserable, terrible, horrible lives. And I can tell you firsthand, as someone who did not read the Bible until later in life, um, that without those instructions, we walk into every trap of the enemy 
every horrible experience, every destructive and and maiming event that you can imagine because we don't know how we're supposed to be living. And when people want to make up the rules as they go along without checking with God first, their lives will be miserable. It's hell on earth, you know? So so these are answers that my... I have a sister, and I won't say her name, but I have a sister who um, used to argue with me all the time. I tend to be very conservative. She tends to be very liberal. Um, we both vote our our conscience and that sort of thing. And she used to argue with me <laughs> all the time about all these different questions, constantly. She read that book. At first, she was, oh, you're just being judgmental. And I said, I'll send you a free copy. You want to read it? Mm-hmm. She read it. She called me crying. Oh. And she said... I have never in my life had anybody explain these things to me so in depth. And I see exactly what you're talking about now. And she said, I expected this to be something that would make me feel guilty. And you answered every one of these questions so lovingly. Oh, wow. And and she was probably my biggest critic. And after she read the book, she was no longer a critic but a fan. Oh, my gosh. I love that story, especially somebody so close like your sister. And that book is titled God, and it's out already, right? Yes. Okay. All yes. Right. So far, all the books on my website, DonnaMYoungWriting.com, are out. The one that I'm working on right now is River of Tears. River of Tears. And I'm hoping to have that out within the next two to three months. All righty. Better get rolling. We need another book from you, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you, Pat. Anything we missed then before we start to wrap up that you wanted to highlight today? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I fully expect, hopefully, to be talking to you again. <laughs> so do I. So we're talking with Donna Young. Her website is DonnaMYoungWriting.com. And the book is titled Steps to the Cross. Donna, you are such an inspiration. I so enjoy speaking with you and, and just keep writing. And I look forward to uh, having another opportunity to share you again. Oh, thank you, Pat. And you are an inspiration, too. Remember that. God loves you, and thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for an opportunity to talk to folks out there and share my work.